it is good to be back um, preaching on a Sunday. Um, it was good last week. We got to watch the recorded service here with you guys, and uh, I don't think I need to go back to that. If you have gotten used to watching uh, service on TV because of convenience, not because of life situation, let me tell you, being in person is better uh, as we've kind of walked through all of this. Um, as we get rolling today, um, turn in your Bible to Romans chapter 8. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8 for the next two weeks, just finishing this out. It's been a while since we've been in Romans, if you kind of want to walk back through that. Uh, we've been in the Song of Solomon uh, the last few weeks, and uh, I gave Josh the opportunity to finish up that series for me, and he declined uh, to do so. So we'll come back to the end later on as we get rolling through that. But it is good to be back with you. If you don't remember or maybe you weren't with us as we walked through uh, Romans, uh, as we walk through this book throughout the year, we're going to be taking breaks at a time. Because as Peter said, sometimes Paul, his writing is, is hard. And I don't know if you have walked through that. I love reading a short story. You know, if you give me a book and say, Pastor, I have a book for you. If it's thin and written like a story, I'm all in. If you hand me like a textbook, I weeping and gnashing of teeth, you know, some of those times. Some, they're just harder to work through. There's not a thread to follow. Well, in Paul's writing of Romans, it's definitely some text. And today, we're really just going to take verse 26, 27, 28, 29, and 30 and stop. Because this is a, a chunky passage of Scripture that we're going to walk through. <clears throat> but over the next six weeks, there's this theme that we're going to walk through. And this theme is, is that God is unstoppable. That He is unstoppable there's no one who's ever been no one that will ever be that can stop our God and his plans therefore are unstoppable too and that really plays itself in to this passage of scripture um, I, I grew up and I I want to let you know and still believe today um, that that when God gives gifts if he doesn't say that gifts have ceased they haven't ceased right um, and so I, I want you to know as I walk through part of my life there's part of this section that for a season of my life, I thought talked about the gifting of tongues um, as I walked through that. And, and as I looked at the passage in context more and more and more, uh, it, it, it makes me have to add something to it to get to that space. Um, and so I know this passage is about prayer, but we're going to talk what it's really about today. But I want you to know on the front end that if, if the Lord doesn't say a gift is gone, it's not gone. But anyone who uses a gift for self-edification isn't a servant of the Lord when they're using that. You know what I'm saying? We don't use what God has given us for selfish gain. We don't try to abuse it that way. And we can talk through that as we go through Corinthians some other time. But I used to think that's what this was really about. And in this, we have verse 26, which talks about the Spirit groaning for us. And then we have uh, a little bit later on in the passage uh, in verse uh, 30, where it talks about predestined. And so these are things that we normally stumble and trip upon, and we miss the whole purpose of the chapter because we've uh, created um, things to fight and tug a war over, right? Proving themselves over. And we're going to bypass all of that today, and we're just going to stick to the Word as we walk through that. Because I will tell you that verse 26 through 30 are about relationship. I would tell you wholeheartedly about, about this passage that as we look into it, it's about how God maintains our relationship with Him even when we are feeling weak and broken and unable to do it on our own. That's really what this passage leans into. It's about communication through prayer. 
Um, I was thinking about linking this to Song of Solomon's and today and was reading through this. I was uh, doing statistics and study on divorce and relationship recently, and this is what I found out. Um, some pretty consistent studies show that 65% of marriages fail because of communication. 65% fail because of communication. Of course, <clears throat> then as I'm reading through the negatives, I start finding myself in a positive, and I found one statistic that's pretty neat that says if you, you want to really help communication in your marriage, this is what this study found out of uh, Washington, University of Washington. Nine out of ten healthy couples respond, healthy couples respond to their spouse nine out of ten times in which the spouse makes a request for their attention. Almost without fail, if a husband or wife desires to share an idea, point out a story, tell about their day, communicate an option, or have a shared experience, a spouse in a healthy relationship will gladly give their spouse that attention nine out of ten times. Now, don't look at your spouse right now. This is not... <laughs> it's not that moment. But what a great word. If you want to work on part of your marriage, this, it's kind of biblical. Loving your wife like Christ loved the church, right? Submitting unto your husband means giving them your attention when there's communication going on, right? And guys, not that we're bad at this, but if you've ever said, oh, were you talking to me? It's an area of improvement, right? <laughs> I just got half you in trouble. I am so sorry. But here's the beautiful thing. If we know that a healthy relationship in marriage, nine out of ten times, the, the healthy spouse is giving attention when someone's speaking, here's the beautiful thing. In our relationship with the Lord, in our uh, romance with the bride and bridegroom, right? We're the bride, he's the bridegroom. He doesn't give us attention nine out of ten times. He gives us attention ten out of ten times, right? When Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you, he doesn't like put a parenthesis or a clause or an exception, except when you're acting like that, right? Right? He doesn't, he doesn't do that. He doesn't put that out there. And so in the midst of this, what, what we know is that God gives us attention all the time because we belong to him. And that's really what Romans chapter 8, verse 26 through 30 talks about is, what, what is that attention like? What is that relationship like when we are broken? So if you have your Bible, look at verse 26 and verse 27 with me as we walk through this today. And what, what it'll feel like is we're going we're gonna to make our way through the mud of verse 26 and 27, then we'll speed up as we come out of it on the back end today. But verse 26 and 27 says this, <clears throat> Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind, what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now there's a lot to unpack here, and I want you to do your best to put preconceived notions behind, and let's just let the Word of God speak to us. Are you okay with that? We'll just let the Word of God speak, and we'll get out of the way a little bit. And wanted to bring my board up here to see if this works today. That is good. The first word I want you to know and take eyesight on is this word likewise. When you see that word in there, it's tying it to something that came earlier, right? Um, for instance, have your kids, we have two kiddos, they're both grown and perfect now, but when they were younger, y'all, when they were younger, they had these moments 
where both of them were in the wrong. Has it ever happened in your house where both were in the wrong? And you start talking to one kid and you, you're disciplining them. And you know what the other kid is thinking? That's right. That's right. But then if you were to say, likewise, young man. Oh, man. Hard dropping, right? Likewise means what I just gave to them is coming your way. You follow me? It's the same thing in Scripture. When you say likewise, we have to think, what does it tie back to? And, and here's some key. This word groaning here is a key to us, right? So likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us, groaning too deep for words. Well, when's the last time we saw something like this? In chapter 8, verse 23, all right? If you have to turn back a page in your Bible, you can turn back a page. If you want to see it on the screen, you can here. This is the last time we saw this idea of groaning, and it just happened. Paul just finished talking about it, okay? It says, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. See, this is what Paul's pointing to. Earlier on in this same chapter, he says, listen, we are groaning inwardly as we anticipate what God has for us, this redemption of our bodies. We're excited for it. It's, 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 we can't wait for this event to happen. We can't. It's like our body just aches for it to happen. Hey, maybe that's for the birth of your child. You remember that? You can't wait till it happens, right? Your wedding, you can't wait for it to happen. There's an anticipation, God says, in a healthy believer. But we just groan like, God, we can't wait for you to return, not to escape the bad, but because it's going to be so good when you redeem our bodies. And so Paul says, listen, this is that groaning, but likewise, let me see if I can go this way. But likewise, maybe, there we go. Likewise, the Spirit groans for you when things aren't going the way that you think they should go. See, it's the other side of the coin that Paul's addressing now. The topic is still the same. That God is working for our good because it's his plan and his glory in us. So when we are waiting for God in anticipation, he's working. When we are in trouble, when we are having a really bad moment in our life, God is still working. The Bible says this, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And so if you were to kind of look at this, this word right in here, the Spirit helps us in their weakness, what does that mean? If we're tying groaning to earlier on, when we just, almost just from the inside, we don't have words, but it's just so good what we're sharing with the Lord. But likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. The word here is a pretty awesome biblical picture. And we won't go into breaking down every word today. We're going to break down some. But, but here's the reality. This idea of helps us in our weakness. First of all, it's the role of the Spirit, right? The role of the Spirit is to be our helper, right? To teach us, to bring things to our remembrance. He's to help us in our walk with Christ. But the Spirit helping here is a different word tied to a very familiar story if you've walked through Scripture. It's the Greek version of this Hebrew word that you might think of the story of Jethro and Moses. All right, I want you to walk back with me into the Old Testament, in, in the book of Exodus. 
And I want you to remember that Moses is getting a visit by his father-in-law. You know, he's getting, he's getting excited for that. Father-in-law comes in, and he spends the day just watching Moses work. Sounds like a joyful day, doesn't it? Right? Watching Moses work. At the end of the day, guess what he says? What are you doing? <laughs> it's like, well, that didn't go as planned. Have you ever had that moment? He says, what are you doing? You are going to kill yourself, and you're going to kill these people. You need to put together people to help you in this burden. You need to put together a group of responsible leader elders to help you share this burden, this weight that you're carrying. See, this is the picture that the Lord wants us to have as Paul writes this down. He says, likewise... The Spirit helps you in your weakness. The Spirit helps shoulder that burden in your life. When, when you are able to praise God with words and deeds and from your heart and from the inside out, and the Spirit has enabled you to do that. But when you cannot, the Spirit takes that burden and makes sure that you do not get left behind. He keeps you connected to the Lord. And there's some consistency in that church. In Matthew uh, chapter 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, what the Bible's talking about here is, is that when you can't praise God, maybe because of confusion, because of hurt, because of life situation, you're just there's some reason that you don't even know how to pray. That the Spirit makes sure that you are not carrying that burden. It takes that burden and keeps you in line with God and His promise and His perfection and His redemption. He who began the good work in you will see it through to completion even when you are having a rough day, a rough season, or a rough life. I looked back, I remember years ago, it's amazing what movies stick with you. Um, but we took Ashley uh, and, and Connor to see a show that they were both dying to see. And it was called, I had to look at the title to make sure I got the title right, but it was Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Right? <laughs> and, and it was a comedy. This poor kid, he was having the worst day. He couldn't figure out which way was up, which thing is right. The, the difference is this, as I told, thought about that movie. It was a comedy. But sometimes life is not a comedy. And there are real reasons, there's real hurt that you don't have the words, you don't have the strength. You don't, you're not trying to walk away from God, but you just can't. You're just there. My dad passed away in 2018. And after I made it through some of the kind of the details that kicked in, I remember there were just times where I just Lord, I don't know what to say. In fact, I remember kneeling here in a sermon one time and just thinking, God, I don't want to fall back, but I don't know how to move forward. I'm just hurting. See, there are seasons of life that God knows because of sin, because of brokenness, that you and I don't have the words to say. We don't have the strength to move. But don't worry, he will not leave you or forsake you even when your life is falling apart and you feel frozen. 
you don't know how to draw back near to God. The Bible says the Spirit it intercedes for you. He helps you carry that burden. As you kind of walk through this, I think this is the key word that says that next is how does the Spirit work for us on our behalf? When you and I are confused, when you and I have our life falling apart, when things just, you just can't make sense of them. God, how could you use this? How is this working? I don't see how you're completing that good work towards the redemption of my life. I believe that it's going on, but I can't see it. I am, I am speechless. I am without. I don't even know what's next. The Bible says here that the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words this intercede it, it it means a bigger picture than what you and i might go into and this is the only time i'll write uh, a greek word out it it doesn't mean anything i just wanted to write it out for two reasons it means something but but i want to do this it's really a prefix and then a word the the prefix means for your benefit For your benefit. And the word, the main word, and I wrote down how to say it so I wouldn't mess it up. Intunhano, right? Because that's what it looks like, obviously. Right? It means to come or keep in line with. See, when the Spirit is interceding for you, for your benefit... It is keeping you aligned with God's plan for your life. When your world is falling apart, when you don't know what to say, when you don't know what to do, the Spirit in every scene of your life is saying, I will hold you close. I will keep you here. It's not your strength. It's mine. If you feel broken, you're not cut off. You may not know what to do, but I'll keep you close. I wrote this. He is working in my inability. If I'm too weak to cry out, he will hold me fast. Because it's God's plan. It's God's promise. And that strength and power does not fade even when I have. See, church, that's what kind of relationship you are in with an unstoppable God through Jesus Christ. That He is at work in you. He is making you new. He is making you whole. He is working towards glorifying your life and the redemption of your body completely so that you'll know it. And so that even when you can't, He is at work for your benefit to make sure that you stay in line with the plan that God has promised for your life. Isn't that good? Man, listen to what David wrote. Psalm 51, verse 16 and 17 says it like this. You will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You would not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Oh God, those you will not despise. David wrote those words. He wrote those words and he said, God, if there was something to do, I would bring it. Like, I would give it. If there was something I could do, I, I would do that. But that is not what you want. 
What you want is brokenness. What you want is full dependence on me and a heart that says, God, I will not try. I will not pretend. If I cannot hear you, if I cannot see you, if there's nothing I can do, I will put my life in your hands because I know that that's what you want and you will work for my benefit to stay in life with, line with you. Do you know when David wrote Psalm 51? Right after Nathan confronted him for his sin and adultery with Bathsheba in his murder of her husband. There was nothing he could do. He couldn't take it back. He couldn't make it right. He had been unfaithful and caused adultery with this woman and he had caused murder. And both of those acts are final. And he says, God, there is nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do to make it right. All I have to offer is brokenness, repentance, to plead forgiveness. Church, in those moments of your life, the Lord will not change and leave you and forsake you. But in your brokenness, in your confusion, and your inability to say, God, I can't see you at work. Don't fake it till you make it. Let the Spirit carry that burden and intercede for you. For your benefit, to keep you in line with God. So that until you see the dawn coming, until you can see that plan again, until your body can groan once more with the anticipation of what God is doing and what is coming over the hill. Until that moment, just let him hold you in that burden because that is what scripture says he does the scripture says in verse 27 and he who searches the heart knows what is in the mind what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of god the spirit knows your heart and so the spirit it's easy for him to keep you aligned with in this world, traveling the last few weeks, coming back into the States, sitting in the airports, let me tell you, church, more and more, this is a truth that we need to lean into, that our relationship with God is unstoppable. And even when we can't see the light of day, He holds us fast. But there's more to the story. Look in verse 28 through 30. Let's read along together. The Bible says it this way. For we know that those uh, who love God, excuse me, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Listen, don't get confused. Don't move on to another topic. Will you stay right here with me? We're talking about our unstoppable relationship with God. And as Paul unpacks it, and how God works for us and the Spirit moves to us. Verse 28 tells us something amazing. For we know that those who love God and all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Verse 28, it tells us the context for who. 
He says, this is something God does for family. God is under no obligation to provide such privileges to all creation. God is, God is not working for the good of those who aren't for him, who are not a part of his family. But to his family, he says, I won't leave you or forsake you. God is making his grace known to all of creation. God has made his call evident to all creation so that none are without excuse, Romans 1. But in the end, God's promises of redemption and working for his good are limited to whom? To his family. You see, church, God does this because he wants to, not because he has to which makes this promise stronger to me. To know that when your world is falling apart and you're saying, God, I, my eyes are too welled up to read your word. My mind is too confused to put together a prayer. My heart is too broken to have motivation that the spirit is there saying, I have got you. I will hold you close in all of these pictures. And that gift is a gift that God offers to you because you have received life and grace through Jesus Christ. Your confidence and my confidence, excuse me, is based on God's outworking, not on what we've done to please him. So if God in his joy has chosen to give you and I this gift and you didn't earn it, guess what? You can't lose it. Because if you didn't earn it, you can't disearn it. Through all the contradictions, through all the frustrations of your life, it's good enough. I kept reading a little bit further. It says this. It says, not just to anyone, but those who are called according to his purpose. Verse 28. For we know that those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Paul's linking the line there. I just want you to see how it worked. When God called you for his purpose, it was certain it was sure. What got you here today, it was certain it was sure. It was God calling you from life to death. If God's call, if God's will, if God's purpose is strong enough to pull you from life to death, then it is strong enough to keep you in line with him for your benefit through whatever season you're in. If God's call is that good, it's still that good. And verse 29 and 30 kind of wraps it up. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he called. And those who he called, he justified. And those who he justified, he glorified. I want you to think family that you and I are in this unstoppable relationship with the king of kings and that even when everything is falling apart even when you can't see it the spirit is still at work it's almost like Paul is standing at the finish line looking backwards telling you that he can see it all clearly by the spirit when it says at the beginning of this passage for those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the first mourn among many. I want you to think Jeremiah 1.5. 
the Bible says this, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I journaled these words. There is intimacy and there is majesty in this statement. Before your mom had picked out a name for you, before she knew you were in her womb, God knew you. And he didn't just know about you. He knew you. In your current season of life, God hasn't forgotten about you and doesn't know you. The plan that he was at work in your life in before your mom knew your name, he is still at work in today. If you have children, I want you to chew on that. When you found out you were pregnant, where did your mind go? I'll tell you where mine didn't go. Well, I hope they're a doctor one day and have lots of money so I can live a great retirement life. Right? Did that go that for you? Did your mind go to that point that says, oh, we're pregnant. Oh, I'm really hoping that one day they can build a 3,500 square foot house and I can live upstairs in it. This is going to be great. You didn't, you didn't go there. With each of our children, when we found out that we were pregnant, our hearts and minds went to the same place. God, let them live a life where they see you all the time at any moment. I, I can't tell you how many car rides in our life reflected that prayer. We are driving down the road and we see something, we start talking about Scripture. We're in the middle of the freeway, and we do something wrong. Y'all, about three years ago, confession, you ready for this? We're in a line, and someone's got a big truck, and they have just skipped up half, and they want to get in front of me. So I start hugging the bumper and hugging the bumper, and they pull up a little bit more, and there's a First Baptist Pearland sticker on their windshield. <laughs> we waved. In that moment, we just start talking about, huh, how do we love people? What does Scripture say? We just always wanted Scripture to come forward, and we haven't done it perfectly. But if those were my plans from the moment that I knew my children, and my wife and I can be consistent and intentional enough to try to keep that in front of them, how much more? And the God who formed you and made you and knew you before your mom knew you and thought of you and had a plan for you before your mom had a plan for you, how much more is he able during a rough time of life, during difficult seasons, how much more is he able to say, I've got you. I will hold you. You don't need to move. You need to rest. Be still and know the Lord will fight for you. Be still. Church, what this reminds us is that our part in God's plan, it's not accidental. He was faithful then, He is faithful now. How much better is this knowledge when we see it? That was the God. He knew me in my mother's womb. Verse 30. 
those who predestined he called, those who he called he justified, those he justified he glorified. It's almost like Paul saying, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Like the Spirit is opening his eyes. I couldn't see what that season was like, but you were justifying. I didn't know what was happening, but I can see it again and again and again. He's not under obligation. But because you're a family through Christ, there's an unstoppable relationship that God has never failed you on and will never fail you on. From the moment of the call, he's been at work and you've been able to see it. But before the call, he was at work. That little lady that used to take you to VBS, now you get it. That sweet neighbor next door that would drop you off cookies, now you understand. On the Sea of Galilee, the sun rises about 5.30 in the morning. As we're in the hotel room, I set my alarm for 5.30. Um, that almost caused me to sleep in a separate hotel room. But I went up on the balcony, and we could see the sea at an angle from where we were. It was beautiful. The mountains are in the background. The lake is in front of you. But when the sun came up, everything changed. The colors on the mountains changed. The reflections in the water changed. And the warmth of the morning changed me. What Paul is saying to you here is let the sun illuminate your eyes. We are trusting him for being glorified. We can trust and see that he is working in our being justified because we know that he was working in our calling. And if he was working in our calling, now we see it. He was working every day before that. And if he was unstoppable in his plan of redemption for your life through that whole season, guess what that means now? That he is unstoppable still today. Have you thought about that? In your prayer life, God's not giving you an out not to pray. He's not, he's not telling you that that's unimportant. But what he's saying is this. When your mind and your heart and your body is too weak, too broken, too confused, when the season is too hard, that he will make sure you're close. This morning, our time of invitation, it leans on that passage. You, you didn't get here by accident this morning. You didn't just wake up and just have a random thought. God knew where you were, and he knew what you needed. So this morning, if you find yourself in a place like Romans chapter 8, 26 describes, it's all right. Because the one who was at work in your life before this morning ever dawned, he's still in, at work in your life today. But God is not under obligation to do it. It's a choice and a promise he has offered to his family, but he has made available to us all. So this morning, if you're saying, God, I I want that working. I want that relationship. 
I want to groan for your glory, and I want to know you're there when I can't. He hasn't hidden the way to his family. He's made it available through Christ Jesus, your Lord. And that's the invitation. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, his hand is outstretched. His evidence has been made known. You're being invited into his family so that you can see God's fingerprints through all of your life. But if you do know Jesus, and maybe today you're saying, I am in a place where God, I don't know. I just don't have strength. I'm unable to. And I want to encourage you to have confidence. God is not angry at you for being hurt or weary or broken. Trust him completely. Let him carry you through. And let the healing of this season be one more reminder that nothing can stop the plans of our God. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you. Lord, we know in this moment, in this day, God, that you are sovereign. So, Lord, as we come to you, we just ask, Lord, that you would allow your word to wash over us like the sun on a cool morning. Lord, that we might see that for our benefit, your spirit is at work for us when we can't work. Lord, that, that you're moving for us when we can't move. So, Lord, as you nurse us through a difficult season, Lord, let us praise you still the same. God, we praise you for this day. We praise you for loving us because you choose to. In Jesus' name.